sound bite from last week. I didn't. I didn't. The f- fucking Christopher Columbus bit. I don't remember. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, he was thirsty after all that. Right. Oh, after raping and pillaging and like, no. native peoples, and then something else happened, and then <laughs> Vaughn, you said something, and we were like, oh, and you were like, that was too far. <laughs> yeah. Have a good time. Have a good time. Don't I fucking wish I could have a good time. Have a good time, have a good time But my brain is more powerful than all of your lies Have a good time, have a good time Wouldn't that just be lovely if I could control my mind Have a good time, have a good time But I'm falling into something that I can't define Hey guys, it's Katie. I am just popping into this week's episode of Pre-Shift to let you know that we lost a little bit of this episode because I got a phone call (laughs) in the middle of our recording because I forgot to put my phone on airplane mode. What a noob. So anyway, if you are following us on Facebook and on the podcast feed, you may notice a little bit missing. You may, even if you're not following us on Facebook, notice a little bit of a weird jump somewhere in the middle right before we taste the whiskey. Yeah, that's my fault. But we hope that you still enjoy this week's episode. There was a minimal amount missing, and we hope that you don't feel like you missed out too much. Also, please see the Facebook video if you are super, super curious what you did miss out on. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are back for another week of pre-shift, and this week we are talking about Irish and international whiskey again. So last week when we did Irish, or the last week that we did Irish and international, we talked about Pandaren, uh, which is under the category of international whiskeys, mm-hmm. but we didn't touch on Irish whiskey, which is kind of the, I mean, certainly not the largest region at in this category, but like the largest uh, variety that we have available mm-hmm. in this yeah. category. Yeah. So, uh, Vaughn and Doug, tell me about Irish whiskey. What makes it what a makes thing? It Irish. Yeah. Uh, well, Irish whiskey at one point was the most produced whiskey in the world, even bigger than Scotch in that. Um, But some of the history with Irish whiskey is they kind of fell on some very difficult times in the past. Potato famine? Potato famine? Yeah, well, yeah. Just checking. Yeah, (laughs) of course there's going to be a potato famine in there. Okay. All right. Aside from that, though, two world wars, uh, America... Uh, Prohibition. Prohibition, which was America was their biggest oh, okay. market, okay. so they lost their biggest market. Two world wars, the Great Depression, Great Depression, hit the whole world. People forget that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. even more recently, like Irish independence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, a Irish, lot yeah. as the twenties. Yeah, also that would have coincided well with uh, <laughs> Prohibition. Prohib- yeah. Anyway, but uh, anyway, they at one point were the biggest, and they eventually got down to just. Two or three, I believe, just three. Three, yeah. three distilleries, and they were all struggling. So it was, it was, I believe, the Cork Distillery, the Old Middleton, and Bushmill or Cooley. Cooley, I Cooley, think. yes. Bushmills was later. Bushmills was later. Yeah. Yep. So they all decided to pull themselves together into one monopoly, I guess, just to stay afloat. Um, they all pulled their resources into one distillery, and that was the Middleton Distillery. Okay. The new Middleton new. Distillery. 
they uh, became Same a company. As the oldest. <laughs> no, I mean they, they actually uh, when they joined together in 1966, they created Irish Distillers, which yeah. is like their conglomerate. Uh, Bushmills oh. joined like some years later, mm-hmm. and like Irish Distillers made all the Irish whiskey. Is that like the in union for Irish whiskey then? Yeah, kind or I mean, kind, kind of. of. It was like it was like their like last ditch effort to like become to like stay relevant. Yeah, it was, to like survive. Yeah, okay. it was more like uh, yeah, just for survival, not like like we need to work together. Not big whiskey yeah. out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, even though they. They did eventually sell out to Big Whiskey. They're now owned by Pernod Ricard. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but at know. the time, <laughs> not <relevant>. so <laughs> what they settled on was a certain character, since all the whiskey was coming out of one distillery. So certain characteristics that they settled on were uh, triple distilled, and it goes through the still three times. So when you first distill, okay, you make wash, you make beer, essentially. Mm-hmm. Distill it the first time, you're going to get a, a product that's somewhere in like the... 30s in ABV content, which isn't high enough to bottle. You know, everything needs to be, you know, usually 40%. So you have to distill it two times. Once you distill it twice, you're up in like upper 50s, low 60%. And that's what most, you know, bourbon and scotch, well, a lot of the rest of the world then just throws that in the bottle or barrel. That's where we get the barrel strength, what we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, but Irish whiskey, at least the uh, Middleton expression that they settled on was the triple distilled, where they distilled a third time, which, oof, I don't know where you're getting up in there, 70s, 80s percent alcohol? I'd love to taste a cask strength. <laughs> I would. Do you see any Irish cask strength? I've or? never seen an Irish cask strength, or if they do say, maybe they bring it down to like a more regular cask strength, but it'd be jet fuel. <laughs> like, <laughs> Next to okay. vodka. Like, yeah. yeah. Next to vodka, I heard. Yeah. So, anyway, so that was one of the characteristics, the triple distilled they settled on. They also settled on using unmalted barley, which has a little bit of history in itself as well. Uh, going back to when, I can't even recall, the 1700s or something, you know, way back when. When they were making whiskey, uh, it wasn't the whiskey itself that was taxed, it was the grain that was taxed. So they only taxed malted barley, because usually malted barley is what you need to make whiskey or beer. So to save some money, <laughs> they threw in unmalted barley, oh. uh-huh, which has a green... Un, I don't want to say unripe, but imagine like a, you know, like a fresh grain seed versus one that you know you've kind of kilned a little bit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a little bit toasted, a little more of what you're familiar with cereal versus tasting more like a seed. So that's okay. what you're going to get with an unmalted barley. So they mixed a portion of unmalted barley in there as well. Uh, what else did they do to kind of settle on a character? Bottled at forty percent, ex bourbon barrels. You know, they. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of what everyone now has in their mind is what Irish whiskey is, because okay. that's kind of all that they were producing. They were producing very similar things on some certain core characteristics. Uh, but as far as like legal definitions for Irish whiskey, uh, there aren't very many. Unlike you know bourbon or scotch, you know they're trying to protect like a certain identity. Irish is pretty much a minimum of three years old, must be made in Ireland, and use malted barley. Something like that. Some, yeah. A portion of yeah. And the usual stuff, if it's a blend, you have to word, word it as blend, if single malt, you know, so some of those conventions, but you don't have to. It's, I think it's really just get three years made in Ireland. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then, so tell me a little bit about Napogue. Yes. Napogue is how PSA, you pronounce it. PSA, that's how you pronounce it. Napogue. Okay. So Napogue is kind of like a product of uh, just modern Irish whiskey. It doesn't like go far back, as most brands don't. Um, so, Napogue, let's start with the namesake, comes from Napogue Castle, which was, I have notes here for it, 
in County Clare, Ireland, originally built by Clan McNamara in 1467. Sorry, I think that was a little more of a Scottish accent. <laughs> Napogue means castle of the place abounding in little hills. Uh, so I guess it's a hilly region. <laughs> uh, this says on the bottle that the Gaelic definition is hill of the kiss. <laughs> Do I trust the bottle or do we trust Wikipedia? <laughs> yeah. Hill of the Kiss does sound a lot like, you know, a little sexier, a little, little more yeah. marketable than. Yeah, they might be taking some. Than Land of Let's see, it was. Um, so this, this castle was bought by an American, uh, Mark Edwin Andrews. He was a, like a military man high up uh, in the Navy, and his wife was a prominent architect, and they bought this castle and uh, were refurbishing it, and while they were doing that, he was also collecting rare Irish single malts that dated back to like defunct distilleries from like the 30s and 40s and 50s. And so he was bottling this himself and uh, calling it Napogue 1951, uh, but I don't think it was like available to the public. I think it was just kind of like personal collection. Uh, he drank, you know, friends, family would drink, he'd just kind of sit on it. And it wasn't until like 1998, I think, that uh, Napogue started um, releasing its own brands, uh, but not distilling its own brands. Uh, I just want to make that clear. They are all sourced. Um, right now, they're sourced from the Bushmills Distillery. Uh, they used to be sourced from Cooley, and before that, just kind of wherever you, probably before that, just wherever you could get Irish whiskey. Um, but uh, yeah, let's see, what else do I have on it? Um, Castle Brands was the owner up until recently. Castle Brands uh, started by Mark Edwin III, the son of Mark, or Mark and, I probably forgot his name, Mark Andrews. Um, Castle Brands uh, owned a whole bunch of things, um, not just Napogue. Uh, they owned uh, Gosling's Rum, Jefferson's uh, Bourbon and Rye, mm. uh, Polini of Limoncello fame. <laughs> uh, and of Limoncello fame. Yeah, world famous. Um, and uh, there's one or two others. Let's see. Quantarf. You know. Oh. Remember, oh. remember that? Chris liked that the one. Old, old. I do remember that one. So, Wait, yeah. go tarf. <laughs> yeah, they were, <laughs> so they were nicely diversified as far as uh, their width of breadth of products, but they also sold out to corporate overlords per no regard. <laughs> um, from what I've got, yeah. Pernod Ricard seems <clears throat> to just own all of Irish distilling these days. But, I mean, everyone's owned by everyone. In my research for this, it's hard to, like, find any sort of independent bottlers or distillers. You know, everyone is owned by someone, and even those people are owned by someone. It's, everything's, yeah. multi, you know, national <clears throat> conglomerates, especially with Irish whiskey, because, like, they don't have, like, long-standing, like, you know, rooted brands. They're all new, modern, yeah. Uh, yeah. and they rely on those those big companies, or at yeah. least relied on them to survive. Yeah, and Irish whiskey right now is is exploding. I guess you know we get you know went down to the one distillery, then eventually they opened up you know Middleton and the Cooley. They were running mm -hmm. on that for a while, and Bushmills. then Bushmills. Teeling is a recent one. You might have heard that brand. Teeling, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the last you know, decade or so, now there's something I can't even. Be, don't even quote me on this, but twenty some distilleries trying to open or so. It's there's okay. a bunch, bunch. So mm -hmm. it's it's really picking up now. Right now. But yeah, yeah with everything so new, it's all you know. You need some investment. You need whatever. So yeah, that's why everything's kind of cool. Corporate owned, like you said. But anyway, uh, enough about. Well, tell me about this other one yeah. that we have by them as well. 
to the Napogue Castle. So we're going to taste this one today. We also have from them the Napogue Castle. Is in front. <laughs> <laughs> the 16-year-old Twinwood, uh, which is a favorite of mine, um, be, mostly well. because uh, of the finish. I, am a, I always say I'm a sucker for sherry finishes. This one is aged for additional four years. Or, uh, an additional four years with uh, about three of those years, two or three of those years being in sherry casks. I think it's, uh, no, I think it's 21 months. So 21 just under months, two yeah. years. Three years would be insane for a finish. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is like one of their more premium releases. Also comes from Bushmills. Uh, but as we've said in the past, a sourced whiskey is nothing to like scoff at or frown upon. Uh, even though they didn't distill it, doesn't mean that there is still like an immense amount of uh, skill and uh, care involved in the making yeah. of it and the blending of, of, of other single malts yeah. and of the barrel finishing uh, is definitely really easy to source a whiskey and have it turn out like crap. So to uh, source a whiskey that's great is, you know, a skill in itself. Yeah. Yeah. They put their own signature on it too. It's not just they just put a label on it. They can do their own, their own thing to it. So the one we're going to taste today though, the 12 year is just Asian ex bourbon barrels. So this one, 100% though, even some certain things like Jameson, it's a blend of some pot still, some column and whatnot, but 100% pot still. So that is also a yeah, very Irish character. Cool. Ready? I am. Absolutely. All right, so a little bit of uh, just information on this. We, as we established, 12 years, uh, aged in ex-bourbon, non-chill filtered, no artificial coloring. You can see that because it's nice and light as opposed to artificial colorings mm -hmm. would have a much like darker Maybe like syrupy look to them up too. Yeah. Eighty six proof. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. It smells very sweet. Very sweet. It smells like it smells like corn, even though there's no corn in it. Mm -hmm. Now with Irish whiskey, you always get like a great candy like. It's like a candy like sweetness. Yeah. It's a lot of Irish whiskey. Sugary, yeah. I mean that's part of again. I, the character of people like said caramel corn apples. And now I'm thinking like candy corn. Okay, I get like a caramel apple go. sucker sort of like those green. Okay, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Green ones. <laughs> well, they're brown first, and well, they're like they're, they're no, green. They're, they're, <laughs> they're green. no, you know, they look like uh, the yin yang sign, but with you know green and brown instead. I see. You know what I mean? Yes, we do. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm not crazy. No. Mmm. Some have you know it's like a good like hazelnut or yeah or a walnut. Mmm, sweet, sweet, sweet. Not so sweet on the taste. Mm -hmm. Still definitely in the smell though. More peppery mm -hmm. on the taste. Black pepper, cracked pepper. Yeah. yeah. I think you get a little bit of that green grassy note too from the unmalted barley. The unmalted barley, yeah. For sure, you get that green. It's got like a mouthfeel too, like it's thick. Yeah, it's like it's thick, chewy. Surprisingly thick for chewy. Yeah, for being you know only forty three percent. Usually, mm -hmm. you get that with like the high, high percentage alcohols. Yeah, bourbons and rice. Very cool. So, like before, we did pour one at the beginning of the video just to shorten it down to see how you know whiskey does evolve over over a little bit of time. So we've had this one sitting for ten minutes or so. Don't forget to cleanse your palates, boys and girls. Smell yeah, go on. Yes, Don't doc. forget to smell yourself. Yes, Dr. Vaughn. Mm. Oh, yeah. Still, anytime anybody does anything like that, always makes me think of what the fuck is that movie called? 
Language. <laughs> what the fart? That movie called? What the fart? Uh, what is it called though? You have to be more With specific. the armpits. Oh, uh, Superstar. Yeah. Mary Catherine Gallagher. Thank you. Mary Catherine. Always makes me think of that. All right, let us try this one. It's been sitting. Well, it looks the same. Definitely more peppery. After sitting. Yeah. Not as sweet on the nose. Not as sweet. No. Oh yeah. Lots of pepper. Have you ever accidentally like just inhaled pepper? Yeah. You ever opened up our huge <laughs> bin of pepper that we have downstairs <laughs> and immediately like faceful? Yeah. I mean, not as like obscene, but similar. All right. More of the more of the oak character comes out now too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A great definitely like more old subtle, more subdued. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah, gone is that like fruity candiness. Mm -hmm. I, I won't call it apple y anymore. Much more bourbon like on the after sitting, more like notes of oak and vanilla. Oak and yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And I know my recommendation, not the 12 year, but the 16 year, when people come in on Irish night wanting, you know, and they say they like bourbon a lot, I point them towards this one because this one gets a lot of barrel influence on it, just like a bourbon would. Mm -hmm. So I can see it in its little younger brother here. And yeah, uh, it's it's not at all rare. In fact, it's common practice to age uh, Irish whiskeys in ex-bourbon barrels because bourbon and rye is such a huge industry. Uh, they just sell all their... And they can only use the barrels once. That's the thing. Once uh, bourbon distillers in the United States use their barrels, they have to uh, get rid of them. They can't use them again. Yep. Um, so a lot of Irish distillers and scotch, Japanese, like everyone around the world uh, will buy up all those barrels uh, for their barreling needs. Yeah. And so At that often gets discount. a little bit of, yeah. Hmm? At a great discount. <laughs> sure. Oh, you use that Jim Beam, you use that for three years? No, don't throw it out. I'll, I'll find a use I'll, for it. I'll age something for it in 12 years. I'll put 12, yeah. It's yeah. Still got some good use of it. Mm. It's much more peppery. Yeah. Heavier notes. That wood, too, it's like a great old varnish. I love that old. Mm -hmm. Say it before, just an old furniture. The wood note, I like that. Yeah, versus like sawdust or. So are these notes that we can money. expect out of most Irish whiskeys, or? Since they all have I mean, similar we, rules. Here, yeah. yeah, here we always joke about all Irish whiskey tasting the same, which, you know, it's got some credence to it. Uh, Bell pepper. You know, we, we often compare like, does it t does it or does it not taste like Jameson? <laughs> which isn't a bad okay, thing. So, Jameson is fine. So yeah. a valid. A, what I think would be a valid question, obviously, besides something like this where you're finishing it and something very specific, like mm -hmm. what would make something stand out? Uh, well, we what do would have make something not taste like Jameson. So we have another one uh, on uh, the shelf called Connemara, where that's a peated Irish single malt. So sure. like just like uh, Isla Scotches, they peat them, so it'll have that like smoky, earthy note to it that you won't get with a lot of Irishes. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get the barrel finishes again, like this one would be an Oloroso, but with a Turcano series. I think we've only got the. Yeah, we, we don't have, have the sherry to your channel anymore. Uh, what was the other one? Madeira. Madeira. Yeah, so barrel finishes as well. You can start having some fun barrel finishes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this one we can expect notes of like you know nuts, walnuts, uh, things like that. In so, but otherwise, to... generally you would expect pretty similar. Yeah, so that, that that like sweet floral, grassy sort of notes to it. Yeah, yeah. The triple distilling, I think, is where you get that candy sweetness from. Uh, sure. Yeah. And having unmalted barley, you're going to get that 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 green. That, that, yeah, mm -hmm. that, that kind of green character. So okay. those are the common things. But just like you know, other whiskeys as well, like bourbon, you know, they're all going to kind of have vanilla and, and cinnamon in there somewhere. 
Same thing with Irish. If you're going to triple distill it and use almond milk barley, you're probably going to have that green note and that mm -hmm. candy note in there. Okay. Um, same thing with scotch. Like if you're using water that's from heather, it's probably going to have that <laughs> floral heather note. Or if you, yeah. So much, there so, is so much more variety in that, though, because of the mm -hmm. regions and the way. Yeah, but the yeah. nice thing about Irish whiskey is that uh, if someone comes in on Irish night and they say, I'm not really into whiskey, and I, I think they, they've come in on the perfect night. Sure, yeah. Because it's like the most approachable, generally, even mm -hmm. more so than like bourbon and rye. It's like, you know, everyone's familiar with Jameson. Everyone knows what Jameson is. So we're like, all right, you know what Jameson is. You've probably had a couple too many shots of Jameson on one night. But like, you know, here's one that's like similar to Jameson, easy drinking that you'll like. And then from there, you know, it's easy to branch out. It's, e well, it's easy to find a Irish that non-whiskey drinkers like. And yeah. so it's just easy to like branch out from there. So I love, so that's why like Irish night's one of my favorite ones because it's like the night that you get to like bring people in, yes, to, the team. to win people over. <laughs> yeah. And talking about what makes it different too, I just thought we have con cannon and that's grain. That's 100% grain. Okay. That's not mm -hmm. even, yeah, that's not even barley. So there are variations out there. Sure. And as the uh, Irish whiskey gets bigger. As it grows. Yeah, yeah as it grows. You're going to start seeing see branch it. away from, from, you know, everything that Middleton makes. <laughs> Gotta taste the same. <laughs> Okay. So the variety is there. You do have to kind of look sure. for it a little bit, though. Um, food pairings for this one, besides mm. a caramel apple sucker. Honestly, a light something like this. Light and sweet, yeah. I'd say just like this, a standard slider. Well, I mean, we don't really have standard sliders. <laughs> Beef, <laughs> Beef slider, Gourmet. you know. Yeah. Uh, Come on, sell it. Here. A, you know, like <laughs> just like a bacon and cheese slider, just something. You know, I don't know, not too heavy. Uh, an honest, an honest slider. For an, o for an honest whiskey. An honest, sli oh, honest. <laughs> an honest, honest slider for an honest whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just said it with like a like a southern <laughs> accent. That was like the accent from those Jameson TV ads. <laughs> <laughs> we just watching. Honest anyway. slide, honest slider for an honest whiskey. There we go. There you go. There Perfect. you go. Well Nailed it. Proud of you. Um, okay. Any, anything besides an honest slider? Yeah. No. Uh, well, we have fries. <laughs> so we don't have much for We don't have much traditional Irish food, but oh, we do no. have potatoes. <laughs> we have potatoes, yeah. <gasps> no famine. Uh. For now. Anyway, <laughs> okay, anyway. Moving on. Um, okay, so we will all three be here tonight so come see us it's a little bit windy but our tent is warm and it sort of blocks the wind so yeah any final thoughts boys uh new cheesecake oh yeah, yeah. we hit the new winter cheesecake it yeah. is hot chocolate peppermint mm. so definitely come in for a piece of that holiday appropriate and only tonight and tomorrow lunch left to get it before christmas we'll still have it after but <laughs> yes anyway <laughs> okay uh, wear your masks. Be safe. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see you tonight. Hopefully. Bye, Thank everyone. you. Right, see ya. Have a good time. Have a good time. Don't I fucking wish I could have a good time? Have a good time. Have a